Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We're here today bringing the best technical leaders from across the NHS to talk about topics that matter to them, as well as challenges that they're facing within their role. I'm Louis and I'm your host today, and I'm joined by John, Tara and Debbie. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect official position or policy of their organisations. But before we delve deeper into the topic today, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. John, do you want to kick us off? Thanks, Louis. Uh, I'm John Mitchell and I'm the Associate Director of Digital for Humber North Yorkshire ICB and I'm also the SRO for our Share Care Record project, the Yorkshire Humber Care Record. Thank you. Thanks, John. And Tara? Hi there, I'm Tara Athanasiu. I am the Programme Lead for the Humber region for the Shared Care Record deployment in Humber and North Yorkshire. Thanks, Tara. And last but not least, Debbie? Hi, thanks, Louie. I am the Humber and North Yorkshire Shared Care Record Lead for the deployment of the record and implementation of the record in the North Yorkshire and York region, uh, working on strategic um, combined efforts with Tara uh, to join the programme together. Brilliant, thanks. And now that we've got some context for each of you, uh, we move into today's topic, which is Humber and North Yorkshire's shared care record. I think it's important for our listeners to kick off today with introducing what shared care record is um, and where you guys are up to with yours. So I'm going to come over to John first to give us some context around that. Thanks, Louis. If any of your listeners kind of stumbled um, across the podcast by accident and aren't familiar with the NHS, they may just make the assumption that the NHS has one single IT system, one set of records which are available to everybody. The reality of that is that's not true. We have we have many systems, we have many different record systems and not all of them talk to each other. And so what we try and do with a share care record is we try and provide that overview take with, with real time information from the other systems which may be helpful to a clinician at any point in time. So when they go into their normal system, they could access a portal or they can press a button and they see um, a holistic view taken from other record systems, which will be helpful to them at that time. So we try and provide the right information in the right place at the right time to better empower that clinician or that professional across social or adult healthcare um, to be able to make the best possible choices based on the best possible information available to them at that point in time. So it's a way, it's a way of empowerment by pulling all the information together from all our systems into one single view. Great, thanks for that overview, John. Uh, I suppose touched on it slightly there, but what are the benefits of the shared record, and how are you guys tracking it as a team? Okay, so in terms in terms of the very high O, o level uh, benefits, it really is around what that clinician needs to see to be able to access the the right information to be able to make the right possible outcome. Now, often that isn't everything. Okay, so if you just overloaded a, a professional or a clinician with everything that was available, actually you, you can struggle to start to see the woods from the trees. So it's making sure that the right amount of information is, is provided. So at that point, if you're a clinician, you can start to see who else is involved in that per- person's care, what have they done, what are they going to do, who's had contact, who might be helpful, so that you don't start duplicating, that you don't start undermining, that you don't start conflicting. But most importantly, with the patient there, you've got the best possible information to make the best possible outcomes. Okay. Now that has other benefits um, as as well, um, which I'll pass across to to, uh, to Tara to to, uh, start talking through. Um, Because when you start doing this right, 
lots of good stuff starts to happen, not just for the patient, but for the broader system as well. So Tara, I can hand over to you. Yeah, thank you, John. Um, I think it's uh, one of the things we found really important from our programme is embedding benefits right from the outset. So with each of the projects that we're doing, rather than approaching it as a technical project where we're just um, joining up data and getting information to flow uh, between organisations, what we're focused on is actually understanding what the current situation is, what the challenges are within uh, different organisations and how the shared care record and sharing information can support them in that. Now, that's really important because it gives us a baseline of the current position that the organisation faces. So, for example, um, as John mentioned, one of the really important things for us has been to bring in adult social care from the outset. So this really is a health and care record. And that was a, a really important underlying principle. One of the challenges that adult social care face is that it's it's really important for them to then to understand that the full context of um, an individual person. Um, so who they're under the care of, um, you know, for example, you know, if, if they're on any particular medications, if they've got teams going out to see them, um, if they're under the care of mental health. And often they would be spending a lot of time phoning up between the different health and care providers. And we've identified that it takes about 22 and a half minutes on average for each um, a phone call to a GP practice or other organisation. So that was the baseline position. When we extrapolate that across um, all of the different um, adult social care providers over a period of time, you start to see some really significant efficiency benefits uh, from that, as well as the benefits that you see to the citizen at the end and also the staff members who are also having a better experience because they're not having to chase around for information. So that's quite a basic example of a, a, of a benefit for one of the care settings that we look, um, look after. But we also do that across the, the board for, for different settings as well. So another um, really good example is that we've integrated our end of life system, uh, which uh, shares the preferences of those people who are in the last 12 months of life with the health and care professionals looking after them. Not only does that make a major difference to the, to the patient and their family who want to be cared for in the place of their choice during this very difficult time, it also has significant benefits to the NHS, both for the staff who are looking after after those patients, but also in terms of a reduction in ambulance conveyances and admissions to hospital for those patients who do not want to go to hospital um, in those last few weeks and months of, of life. So that's really an overview of the, of the approach that we've, we've taken. Brilliant. Thank you both for that. Um, and Debbie, do you want to add, add to any of that? Um, I think they've both covered um, pretty much sort of where we are in terms of the benefits. But and I think what what is essentially that summarised is that quite a lot of the benefits that we've identified as part of the programme so far and to date, we are still emerging. It is still maturing is time efficiencies. And that has been sort of the fundamental saving um, that doesn't identify cashable um, which is is often the challenge that comes back to us, um, but it, it's it's been huge. And I think one of the other benefits that I would mention, and it's it, it leans to sort of what Tara's talked about there, is leveraging that GP summary um, in organisations such as acute trusts. So acute trusts are now um, from a from our perspective in in our program able to access a GP Connect summary of the patient's GP record which they simply couldn't do before without quite a lot of effort, quite a lot of sifting through um, 
prescription slips from patients that brought them into clinic and now instead of doing that they can reliably click on a button see the accurate sort of the, the what the patient's taking be really safe about their uh, decisions that they make in terms of the prescribing so another one that we've not we've we've found incredibly difficult to measure is safety but we know that we are delivering safer services it's very difficult to sort of show that in a in a sort of a, be a benefit measurable though um but but is absolutely coming out of lots of our programs and projects great thank you debbie um, back over to you john yeah thanks there was there was one additional benefit for, for me which was completely unexpected and that was we were able to provide insight back to services about the usage of the systems back around their staff so when we first started out baselining our benefits, we kind of went to all the services, heads of services, talked through what the system did and got an understanding of their expectation of how often their staff would be accessing records. And what we're now able to do, because you know, do, doing our exercise, we're able to go back and actually evaluate uses, usage against our original expectations and baseline. And so we're able to go back to heads of service and uh, senior directors and say, your expectation was this level of utilization of digital records. We're actually able to confirm or say it's more or say it's less. So if you've got some really good examples of, of good of good usage, we're able to feed that bit back in, understand why and take lessons. If we've got if we've got areas where actually the usage is lower than expected, then actually we've got the opportunity to take some uh, some corrective actions there and then working with the service. Now, that level of intelligence isn't something that everybody had so so for me that was quite eye-opening to say we can now go back and say you can do more or you're doing really well or you know you're absolutely where you thought you was and that was really exciting as well thanks john i, I suppose on the other on, on the other side of things it's always important to highlight the challenges for, for those that might be setting up their sh share care record at the moment or finding some tough times within the creation of theirs um so what are the difficulties that you've faced set, setting this up and what challenges challenges or barriers have you faced along the way yeah tara okay so i i think that the, the challenges we face uh today as a program when we've been um delivering this for a few years are quite different to the challenges that we faced on setting up but uh, looking back to those initial um uh, challenges two really jump out at me um so the first one was around information governance um and uh, just addressing some of the challenges and talking to stakeholders and getting some pushback uh, about sharing information. Um, and it was really, really important. A, a key learning from our perspective was bringing in um, IG expertise right from the outset so that they were really facilitating the conversations and the, the um, ambitions that we had as a programme rather than bringing it on a little bit later and then struggling. So we did an awful lot of work going out to, uh, to meet with stakeholders. We went to LMC. Uh, we went to some of the patient groups with GP practices. Uh, a really interesting um, learning from that actually was that most patients actually assumed we were already already doing this. Um, so we didn't have pushback as such, but they were really interested um, in how their data was being used and the protections behind that. So um, it's not a question that comes up anymore, really. Um, it's something that we dealt with right at the outset of the programme. We had a concerted effort uh, around it, but it is really important in having that open and honest conversation about how information is being shared and providing all sorts of different audiences, you know, from the from the um, clinical
medical users, the admin users, the patients themselves, citizens, as to how their information is being shared and why. I think the other uh, sort of challenge we had at the at the outset when we were first setting up the, the programme was getting buy-in and support from broader organisations. We were starting from a, a sort of a, a you know, a, a position um, where we hadn't done shared care records before um, and we really needed to win hearts and minds. So the approach we did with that was, a, a, you know, we really invested our time in stakeholder engagement. That's one of the things we did. But the other thing um, was focusing on identifying projects uh, where there was a great deal of enthusiasm with stakeholders um, and also where we could see that we would get quick wins and benefits. And that has really helped us to, um, to, to get enthusiasm and garner support from others, because when they see the impact that, uh, that this can have um, in other organisations, uh, we, you know, we've seen a, a sort of more of a groundswell of support um, as we've gone forward with the programme. Thanks, Tara. Over to you, John. Yeah, thanks. So there are some fundamental challenges which we're having to address for the first time. And some of those challenges are just linked to the concept of a shared care record benefiting an entire system. OK, so when you've got an individual system within an organisation, it's very easy to understand who owns it, who benefits from it and therefore who starts to pay for it. If you've got a, if you've got a shared system which touches the entire of, of your system and all the organisations in it, we're having to have a discussion that we've never really had to have before, which is actually there is no individual ownership of this single record. It's for us all, for the benefit of us all. Um, and therefore, there's some conversations that we need to have, you know, it's it's not a free system. There is a cost behind it, a cost to develop, a cost to maintain, a cost to uh, deploy. Therefore, how do we how do we pick up those costs and make sure that we share those equally um, across our partners? And in some cases, especially as we are now in a world of ICBs and ICSs, it's possible that the systems themselves aren't mature enough to have those conversations with all of its partners equally because it's still forming. And so we're having to address these conversations in quite a difficult scenario for the first time. Now, that's where some of the benefit work which has been undertaken previously has really helped because we can actually start to say, OK, for the first time, social care, you're going to get this level of efficiencies or CICs for the first time, you're going to get this level of efficiencies. Private private organisations, private hospitals, you know, you're going to have these uh, efficiencies. And it's for the first time we're able to enter these conversations with evidence behind them to say this is for us all. But because it's the first time we've had this conversation, it's difficult. So kind of advice and guidance to others is have that conversation as early as possible because it might be new to new to your system. Over to you, Debbie. Thanks, Louie. Um, so Tara has really, really conceptualised the early um, sort of challenges that we've had. John's talked about the strategic overarching um, challenges that we, we face. Um, and I just wanted to touch a little bit on the sort of the more granular on the ground, how it feels sort of implementing these these projects um, from a team perspective. Um, and I think one of you know to, to John's point about the the ICB ICS wide um, program implementation is massive. So one of the challenges that we face when we're working with an organisation who we've 
done the stakeholder engagement with, we've got the support for, we've been through all of our prioritisation processes, we've done everything that we need to do, we're working with them, we're stepping through the phases of the, the governance that we need to get over and the hurdles that they need to overcome to then become either a consumer or a provider to our shared care record environment. And then all of a sudden things just kind of grind to a halt and you're not sure why. And you gently, gently, and you nudge, nudge, and you escalate through your SRO and you, what's going on in that organisation? And all of a sudden it, it it unblocks sometimes and sometimes it just doesn't. And and I think probably what I'm really alluding to is the overarching, this, this programme at the moment is run from within the ICB um, and impacting organisations from an ICB level um, is sometimes hugely challenging just because they don't answer to us directly as a team. Um, we have limited influence over them and any of the, the sort of the products that they deliver other than that sort of working relationship, that shared goal, that that overarching sort of agreement that the shared record is the right thing to do. So capacity is often a, a sort of a huge pressure just from an engagement perspective and, and moving pro projects within the programme forward at the pace that we really want to be able to move. Um, I think statutory body changes during um, sort of the term of a programme is, is hugely challenging to everybody, um, let alone the, uh, the, the sort of statutory body itself and other converging large projects that we've gotten. So from our perspective, we've got a, a really large EPR programme going on in parallel. So some of the benefits are linked absolutely. So that EPR programme and the, the shared care record have absolutely parallel uh, benefits to being delivered well together but sometimes sort of discussing that and arranging that and, and managing that relationship between those two programs can be hugely challenging as well again purely mostly down to uh, sort of capacity to be able to consider that. Tara if if you had a golden nugget of advice for anybody who is about to start this journey what would it be? I think the golden nugget has to be to get your broader broadest level of stakeholders from an organisational perspective and from different types of uh, people within those organisations, particularly clinicians um, and other health and care professionals involved from the outset. I think one of the biggest challenges um, with any digital project is that it is seen as a digital project and getting people involved early so that they have a sense of um, having real uh, skin in the game and having an influence mm -hmm. over the programme is really, really um, instrumental in directing um, the success um, of, of the programme. Um, I think following on from what Tara's just said then, and it's something that I've, I've got on repeat really, is, is making your programme clinically led um and and sort of making sure that wherever it sits and whoever is hosting that product and that deployment and implementation program has the clinical leadership within the front end um so that there's reassurance to a health and care organization that it's it's going to be speaking the language they want it to speak and that it's going to do things that they want it to do i think in terms of governance approach and nuggets from that perspective Tara's already mentioned it in sort of some of the the earlier um, what a shared care record is um, and solid governance, including um, a good way, a, a solid way to sort of manage expectations through your prioritisation approach and make sure that that really sort of is something that you can share and be so transparent with your stakeholders about right from the offset. Um, really describing what you think the what it's going to look like in the future 
I think, or what you want it to look like in the future so you can build a picture so that they've got something to believe in. Because it's quite difficult from a shared care record perspective. You, you often start with, you know, as we did in Humber and North Yorkshire, we started with pretty much nothing. Um, so, yeah, if, if we don't, yeah, if we don't describe that end result, it's really difficult for them to be able to get on board and get that stakeholder sort of buy-in. Uh, Tara, did you have a follow-up to that? I, yes, I did. Thanks, John. Um, so I think one of the, the most challenging parts of the programme is actually capturing the benefits and tracking them over time. And hence the importance right at the outset of the programme of baselining what the current position is. It's challenging, it's time consuming, it requires all stakeholders to invest some time in doing that, but it's absolutely instrumental. And back to Debbie's points uh, about having um, you know, eyes set on what the vision is for the future, how can we know if we've achieved that and if we've made progress unless we understand what the starting point was? So rather than you know starting the, the programme and sort of thinking uh, just about the technical connections to start with, absolutely start with baselining what that that current as-is position is, what the ideal future state is, because that will really help in terms of measuring the benefits and showing people why we're doing what we're doing. Indeed. And for, for me, there are two words which crop up in a lot of our conversations. And those, convers those, those two words are, so what? So what difference does this project make? How are the clinicians going to benefit? How are the patients going to benefit? How are the professionals going to benefit? How is the system going to benefit? Whenever we start talking about our benefits after, after we express one, a really helpful question is, so what? So over the next five years uh, across our social care providers, we are looking to save £26 million worth of efficiency savings. Ask yourself the question, so what? What does, what does that mean? And then you can start to, to delve further into that. So it means, well, well, actually, for for example, it means previously our cardiology department in a hospital was limited to the number of patients it could take every hour because it was taking 20 minutes per patient on the phone to a GP. Now that information is available to them in, in seconds. So we get a faster patient throughput. So what? What does that then mean? You know, do, we, do we start talking about impacting wait, waiting lists? Do we talk about freeing up staff to do other things? So what? If we start talking about the EPACS work, which Tara talk, to, uh, touched on earlier, you know, so so what? Uh, you know, more EPACS records are being shared. So what? More patients are dying in their preferred place of death. Okay, that's something which is so important. And um, we, yeah, this this system has enabled that. Okay, and then you talk about well, okay, so what does that really mean? Okay, it's a, it's, it's, it's our, it's our duty to do that, but also there's less impact on other services who would normally um, be involved in that patient's care, possibly against their, against their will. So those, those two words, so what? Don't be afraid to ask them, ask them at every opportunity, because if you don't, a chief exec or a director of finance, or in our case, even a patient uh, will ask them for you. Yeah, it's um, it's become a phrase um, sort of underpinning our programme as so what. So yeah, it's uh, a good one. Um, and to that so what, I think I would just link back to the beginning of any of our projects and our engagement and the need to get your use case understood. 
um, because I think the so what probably should, if you've thought through your use case uh, well enough, um, the so what should come from your use case and should influence your benefit from that particular project. Um, so absolutely. And I think we we have learned by doing all of these things and refining at the end and then refining at the end and reflecting back at the beginning of how we start these project engagements with these stakeholders that we're working with. Um, so, yeah, I think through the use case, you you work with an organisation to understand what it is that they think they're going to get out of it. You help them understand what you envisage they might get out of it as well, because that might be something that they need help with at the beginning. They know they want to do it. They understand it's the right thing. But where's this really going to land for us in our organisation? Which teams within our organisation are going to get this and just be so glad they've got it? Um, and I think through the use case, you generally, I think we've all seen through all of our pro projects, there's unintended benefits. And I think those unintended benefits can be tracked, but you you need to find a benefit that's measurable from a sort of a from from a core perspective. But there is is lots of benefits that sort of you know impact the organisation beyond those. Um, so yeah, those those in, unintended benefits uh, are yours for the taking if you get it right. Indeed, and it's important just to clarify that benefits realisation isn't the responsibility of your digital team because often organizations get into that trap where okay digital it are doing this this to us so what actually right right from 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 day one if you've got ownership within the right teams of the deployment of the ownership then actually the responsibility for delivering the benefits and identifying further benefits sits with with the teams themselves and organizations themselves not the digital people putting the system in it's very easy to say don't worry digital is going to solve this we're actually we're not talking about an it solution we're talking about an important piece of transformation across across our site if you if you leave it to it you'll never get the benefits that you expect it has to be owned by the organizations and the teams and the leadership with, with within them. So when we talk about benefits, we're not talking about IT owning them. We're very much talking about the services themselves. Debbie, did you, did you want to come back in? Your hands up. Yeah, thanks, John. And yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that is probably worth mentioning in terms of nuggets of, of information for other shared care records in other regions is that we have had probably a portfolio now over the last two to three years of around about 60 different projects. Um, we've had more than that in terms of engagement. So some are not going to go the full length. You aren't going to feel. Um, so, we, for example, we've got um, uh, a couple, a number of adult social care providers that are all able to consume the YHCR and they've gone through that process and all of the the, the governance and the, the the hurdles that they need to get through, they've returned everything they need to do, IG sorted, everything's nailed down. And you get to the end and some fly and some don't. And I think we've we've made a real conscious effort to revisit all of those um, don'ts. Uh, but sometimes it is truly difficult. And to John's point about that, we can lead sort of our organisations to the front of this and provide them with um, advices and guidance and, and experience from other projects of how it might fly in their organisations. But unless they've got the stakeholder um, and, and senior exec um, sort of buy-in, it's tricky. Um, so we've been, even in a, a programme uh, yeah, that, that we're working in, 
some really work, some don't so much. And some the don't so much is, is where there is a lack in, in senior exec sort of sponsorship within the organisation. Thanks, Debbie. Great. So we've covered challenges and benefits of the shared care record. I think sustainability is a real hot topic within the NHS right now. Um, so how can the shared care record become a sustainable asset? Yes, John. Okay. So one of one of the ways we kickstarted our project, like many many of the shared care records, was through the use of NHS England capital bidding, and that was that was really good for acceleration, getting us off the ground, doing lots quickly. And actually, whilst we were doing that, that would have been the perfect time to start talking with all the finance teams around how do we get this into your long term budget? We 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 know what our minimum costs are to keep the lights on. So how do we make sure at that point that the partners have have a way of budgeting that going forward? If you have those conversations earlier rather than later, it gives you time to kind of start to find the solution and for the appropriate plans to be to be put in place. You know, we were we were fortunate that we were able to get our, our system signed up to at least the bare minimum for keeping the lights on really quite early in the in the in the process. And that was absolutely essential. If we were having to do that now, as we've come to the end of our NHS England capital, we would have been in a significant worse, worse place. So when we talk about talk about sustainability, there is that core conversation around what's the absolute minimum that is required to be part of your financial budgeting going forward. Because after that's in place, and then you've, you've started to do your digital, your real world benefits, Actually, you can then start having the conversation which builds upon that around the broader system ownership and how you take that forward as a system, BAU, not project fund, not project funded, part of the everyday life of our ecosystem. Thanks, John. Over to you, Tara. Thanks, Louis. Um, I think absolutely, as, as John has said, the, you know, the partnership approach, the funding model, that collaboration across the system is absolutely essential. Uh, but there are another couple of points that I just wanted to raise around the sustainability um, question. Uh, the first one really goes back to the benefits that we've been discussing and the conversations that we've had have very much been supported by the fact that we have um, gone through. We've got a, a pretty detailed benefits portfolio. We've got projections over the, the full duration of the programme and we are tracking that so that we've got the actuals as, as well. And I think without that, the conversations that John is mentioning about those leaders across the system would pretty much be impossible. Without the, the proof of, again, back to John's words of so what, what does this look like in terms of the benefits to the system and the partners within it? Um, I don't think we could have moved forward with those conversations. So that's the first thing uh, that I wanted to stress. I think the second thing around sustainability is um, the investment in the team and the people that you have as, as well. And that's hugely important. So um, it's not just about digital uh, deploying a shared care record. It's also about the team and the individuals within that that are going to be rolling out that team. So we've, we've been very, very um, fortunate. Um, you know, we've got a great team of people that we're working with. We're developing and evolving that uh, team um, so that it can be sustainable for the IC, uh, ICB. Um, but I think, you know, those people investing in them, their skills um, um, and, uh, you know, their capabilities, they become a true asset, not just to the programme, but also to the ICB um, as well. Thanks, Tara. Back up to you, John. Yeah, there's, 
I don't want to get too too techy, but there's one thing I want I want to just uh, bring up as well whilst talking about sustainability. Right from from day one, as part of the original uh, Lycra program, then working with our partners, we didn't want to have any vendor locking what, whatsoever. So our entire system is based around open standards. So if you know, if in, if in the future the partnership changes, actually the the technology doesn't need to because we're working to um, open standards. Now, had we gone from an off-the-shelf product, we couldn't say that. So, if any point we had to we had to change systems, we're talking about a complex data migration, which you know very, very difficult, ex expensive. Um, but we are you know the the interweave team and the auction care record team absolutely outstanding and absolutely open you know, open standards used. So we're in a we're in a really good place around our future te technology standards going forward. Thanks, John. Over to you, Debbie. Thanks, Lobie. Um, I think uh, Tara and John have mentioned most of what I would have covered. Um, and I just in, in terms of paraphrasing, really, um, collaborative ownership is, is really important. And that's across the ICB partnership. And that's not just health, it's care and all of the other uh, providers involved in, in that. It's uh, it's often um, offered back to us as a challenge that this program and potentially speaks a health language where it needs to moderate that to a health and care language and I think getting that right next I think going into that and, and Tara's mentioned it already relationships are so important so important and sort of establishing that engagement with those organizations and supporting them to support you you both it's a win-win you know if, if it works it's win-win if it were if it doesn't work it's lose-lose um, and it's the the patients and the people and the populations that that are at the end of this. So that that's always sort of kept in mind. And to John's point above uh, that he's just made just now, um, good data standards follow the good data exchange methods and the provision uh, work. And in in our products, we have established really solid data standards that all of our partners now can pick up. There's literally playbooks that they can pick up now. They can use those standards and they'll know that if they follow that standard, they will develop their data provision in the way that it needs to be. Um, so those are just sort of capturing a little bit of what uh, Tara and John have just shared as well. Definitely. Thanks, Debbie. And back to you, Tara. Thanks, Louis. Um, I just wanted to come back to the point around partnership, actually. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the partnership um, within uh, the ICB and all of the member organisations. But one of the other really big benefits of the interweave approach, which is the, uh, the, the technology and the solution that we use for the Yorkshire and Humber care record, is that it's also a partnership between the member ICBs who are also um, working together and using that. So interweave, as as a, as a technology platform is shared collaboratively and owned collaboratively um, by all of those um, partners. And as well as having sort of benefits that, you know, that John has talked about, there are also benefits um, in terms of shared learning. So, for example, if, if one of us as a, as, as a region go ahead, we're, we're first of type with a particular type of project uh, with a different care setting, we can all learn from each other from that. So we're not starting from scratch. We're not reinventing the wheel. So, of course, that makes it far more efficient. Um, in terms of how we're working. The other benefit of the interweave approach um, is that the development um, uh, of the product stack and the solution itself is prioritised 
by the ICB partners. So the different regions who were part of this, not just Humber and North Yorkshire, but the other um, organised or the other ICBs as well, we will collaborate and we, we will discuss what our shared priorities are and then the developments of the solution from a technical perspective will reflect our shared priorities. So that partnership really does um, underpin a lot of the sustainability that we each have um, as, as different regions. Brilliant. I think that gives us a great overview of all of your answers there, so thank you very much for that. Um, and finally today, is there any other learns or reflections um, from your guys' shared care record that you'd like to get across? Yeah, John? Yeah, so just kind of thinking out, out loud here, Louis, I think the first thing is don't be afraid to think differently. So that the whole concept behind the Yorkshire Number Care Record originally and now the Interweave product is different to what else is out there. It's not an off-the-shelf package. We are kind of partners in this, it's all it's all open. It was a different approach. And you know, there, there are people who really put their necks on the line that start this project to actually take that approach. And it has it has delivered so many additional benefits and so much more flexibility above the more traditional off-the-shelf packages. Yeah, yeah, that, that, there, there's, there's some people out there who kind of should be quite proud of of the courage that they had at the at the time. Um so yeah, absolutely think think differently. Thanks, John. And Tara? Uh, thanks, Louis. Um, I think just a couple of extra things from me. The first um, uh, area is around patient involvement. And this is something, it's not just specific to the Shared Care Record Programme, but I think Humber and North Yorkshire and the digital governance structures uh, very much um, have included patient representatives and carer representatives. And that's been really, really important. It's kept us um, kept us honest. It's made sure that everything we're doing is focused on the needs of the patient and the people who are looking after them. It makes sure that we're not going into techno speak. Um, we're actually focusing on, you know, clear communications with all, you know, a, a wide variety of stakeholders and that we really keep front and centre the reason why we're doing this. We're not just we're not doing it to, to win technical awards. We're doing it to drive transformation and benefits ultimately to patients uh, and carers. Uh, the second learning is um, that you learn most when things go wrong. Uh, this is a really, really complex program. Um, it doesn't always go the way that we expect or the way that we want it to do. And even though it's very painful um, to, to pick over something that hasn't gone as you would expect it to do or has gone wrong, it's really, really important to do so. And that's where the true learning uh, comes in, because you can go back, you can improve, you can reach out to stakeholders, you can really understand uh, what things can be done differently and then you, you can iterate change. Um, so I think those would be my two final reflections um, for this. Thanks Tara. Back to you John. And just following from what Tara said really, you cannot underestimate the value of a good story. So in order to bring people along on the journey, in order to, for people to understand what it is you're doing, being able to tell the story of how this will really benefit people is is absolutely uh, invaluable. So we we had a story called Simon's story, and Simon was a real complex patient who had lots of of unique health needs, and we were able to go to Simon early on and ask him what his challenges were, and Simon was very honest and told us exactly how the the healthcare system was struggling to cope with with his complex medical needs. And a lot of that was around the inability to share information across teams and organisations. 
And so we were able to take Simon's real world problems and break them down and see how shared care record and digital digital solutions would be able to then benefit and solve some of those some of those challenges. And we were able to almost break that down into individual use cases based around Simon and actually explain in the real world how our system will benefit him. And that was really, really beneficial into getting to people who aren't digital or don't understand record sharing, how to make it real for them. So the ability to articulate through, through a story has been so helpful to us. Thanks, John. And finally, Debbie. Thanks, Louis. Um, to John's point around you can't underestimate uh, a good story. I think one of the, the things that we've learned through the implementation of our benefits approach, actually, is that benefits are great. And actually, from a reporting perspective, we need to check that box and we need to do it in a robust way. That also helps the our ICS sort of leadership understand the value of what it is that we're doing and everything else. But actually, in deploying our benefits approach, what we found impacted and resonated most with the frontline teams that we were working with were the collections of anecdotes. So we had a so we we have a standard survey um, asset that we use that we share with lots of organisations that have gone live with their product. Um, and what it is is essentially it's a quick quick action sort of quick survey that frontline teams can just drop into after they've been live with the the the, uh, the record for a couple of months, and from out of that we've had such powerful nuggets of where it's delivering change and where you know in some respects it's difficult to get stuff out of busy frontline people and you know when they're responding to a short survey that you've done that they genuinely mean what they're saying whether it be good or bad um so those those anecdotes i think from a, a lessons learned perspective are absolutely huge um and and would you know would always you know encourage anybody uh, deploying a similar program to collect that information because that's what will speak loudest to your audiences that you're working for. Definitely and I think that's a nice way to kind of summarise today's conversation is the real reason for this is to deliver that change for for patients. Um, so before we end today's podcast I'd like to say a massive thank you to all our guests. We've had John, Tara and Debbie from Humber and North Yorkshire ICB um, for sharing their thoughts and insights on their shared care records. So if you are hiring for any new technical roles or looking for a role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone else would like to feature on a future podcast, drop me a message too. I've been Louis. You can find me on LinkedIn or alternatively visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thank you again to the guests and thank you for listening.